0: Welcome to the Sterling Foursquare
1: Church podcast. Our mission is to offer hope for the broken, lives that are thriving, the equipping of believers, and the launching of leaders. More info can be found at sterlingfoursquare.com. Thank you for joining us today.
0: In just a few moments, we're going to be continuing our sermon series called. Uh, called out that's the name of the series that we have been in and we've been talking about a couple of specific things we've been looking at how Jesus is the one who gets to speak to who his church is And what his church is supposed to be doing. And we've been going through a study in Ephesians to kind of unpack that. And along the way, we've had some different visitors with us. A few weeks back, we had Aaron and Alina Glassburn, our own homegrown missionaries that are on assignment in Thailand. And this morning, we have another group of our friends and Thai missionaries that I'm going to invite you with. And they're going to be continuing our series in just a moment, but I'm going to invite them to just kind of stand and turn around and look at you and to greet you. So more four, if you guys would stand up and turn around. This is Clinton and Patiana and Ellie and where's Jolie? Jolie went to youth group. She's like, I already sat through church pops. I'm going to go where the action is, right? Um, But Clinton and Patiana have been on assignment in Thailand. They are in Chiang Mai. Um, They are part of our four square family extension over there from Sterling Foursquare, and uh, we have known them for a long time. They're going to be sharing uh, a little bit about what it looks like to be called out to another nation, uh, continuing our series, what it looks like to be able to hear God's voice, to speak to you about your identity, and to hear God's voice into putting that into the activity. If you remember, that's what we've been talking about. Identity leads to activity, right? Right. Uh, this idea that we are called and designed and then we are to go and do. And they're going to be continuing that uh, with us in just a moment. When I moved out to Colorado in 2006, uh, I was lonely and had no friends. And God's answer for me was two things. One, a dog named Thatcher, which was as goofy a dog as you have ever met. And a man named Clinton, who is as goofy as a man that you have ever <laughs> Met. It was God's answer for me. Uh, Clinton and I were both youth pastors in uh, the Front Range when we met, and our lives have been intertwined for the past sixteen, seventeen years. My first official date with Beth was at Clinton and Patiana's wedding, so you can thank them for all the good things in my life. Uh, and we are, uh, we've been. Uh, pastors together. We've been friends. We've been coaches. We've been teachers. We've done a lot of stuff together, uh, wise and stupid. Um, And we get to partner in missions work now in Thailand as well. And so if you would give a warm welcome to my dear friend, Clinton Moore.
1: All right. Well, we're just going to have a little bit of fun this morning. And uh, what I want to encourage you to do is uh, just continue the same worship that we just had. We just had a chance to worship God in in, in our music and our singing, had a chance to worship God in our giving, and now I want to share some testimonies with you about what God is doing around the world, and I want to invite you to continue that worship in your heart to continue saying, Jesus, thank you, or even an amen or a clap at just how good God is. Is that okay? All All right. Yeah, it worked a little bit. Let's try it again. Is that all right? All right, now we're there. A week before we came to America, I was sitting in a coffee shop with a missionary. And uh, this missionary asked if we could start meeting together. He he wanted to work on some stuff. And I said, yeah, of course we can. What is it that you want to work on? Now, I want to give you a little background. This missionary has been a full-time missionary for 12 years. He's been serving in Africa. He's been serving in Asia. He's done a lot of ministry. But here was his question. He said, Clinton, I want to stop guessing. He said, every morning I read my Bible, every morning I pray, but if I'm being honest, when I go out into the community, when I go out to do ministry, I'm mostly guessing. I hope this is what God wants me to do. I hope this is how God wants me to pray for this person, but, but I'm just guessing. And here was his question. He said, Clinton, is it possible to learn how to hear the voice of God so I don't have to guess anymore? He said, I'm discipling this small group of Thai people, and I would love it. And instead of just guessing how to pray for them, I'd say, hold on a second. Let me talk to Jesus about how to pray. Oh, here's what he wants to say to you. He said, it would change my whole life in ministry. And I said, absolutely, we can work on that. I know for a fact that that's possible. It's gonna take us a year, maybe a year and a half And you're gonna learn how to hear God's voice. You're gonna learn how to get rid of all the other voices in your mind. We're gonna learn together how we test those words to make sure they're really coming from God. And then the hardest part, we're gonna learn how to listen to God together in community as the body of Christ because that's what we do when we gather together. We commune with the Lord. And I'm excited for him. It's gonna be a really great journey. In fact, here, I wanna do this. Let's jump to the the first slide. Oh, we're cute. That's fun. All right, let's go to the next slide. Okay, here's what I want you to say. This is my theme for this message, right? I am the mission. I want you to repeat that after me. Ready? I am the mission. I am the mission. That was horrible. (laughs) Like, just being honest, that was really bad. Let's try this again. I am the mission. I am the mission. Louder, come on. Get I am the mission. I am the mission. No, you're not. Don't think that's true. I don't know who taught you that. I don't think your theology is very good. You're not the mission. This isn't about you. I was praying earlier this year, asking the Lord what He wanted me to focus on. And this is what I believe the Lord said. Next slide. This is the Lord speaking to me. He said, I am the mission. You don't go and do for me. You listen and follow. Teach others to listen and and follow. Let me lead and guide and show you there is no large vision or strategy that you will understand. It is more than and it is less than what you think it is. This is the key. Teach others to hear my voice and obey what I say. Nothing, nothing, nothing is more important than that. So I'm gonna share some stories, some testimonies. I'm gonna explain what we do in Thailand in three different categories. But I want you to keep this focus. Me and my family have one thing we focus on. We teach people how to hear the voice of the Lord and to obey what the Lord is saying. That's the summary of this morning. It's not gonna get any better than that. Let's just talk about a couple examples of how that works. The first category of what we do is that we are pastors, we are coaches, and we are champions for missionaries. That's cute, that's my scooter. That's what I drive around Thailand on. Mine is slightly cooler than that, but I just want a quick visual for you. I can get me and both of my kids and both of their backpacks on my little scooter cruising down the highway in Chiang Mai. But my job is to walk with missionaries. I walk with people so that they can understand how to use their spiritual gifts and talents in a completely different culture. Sometimes I'm working with new leaders coming into new roles. My missionaries that I work with come from all over the world. These are not American missionaries. I have missionaries from South Africa. I have missionaries from Northeast India. I have missionaries from uh, China. I have Korean missionaries. I've got Eastern European missionaries. I have Australian missionaries. And what we do is we build teams of missionaries from all over the world to begin doing ministry in different places and locations in Thailand. And my job is to help those team leaders know how to lead teams, but also how to equip every person on their team to be able to use their gifts in the context in which they're working for. But the second piece that I get to do is work with missionaries right as their life is crashing. All right, we'll back up a little bit. What do we do for a missionary? It's very simple. Somebody says, I am called by God to go bring the gospel. And we say, "That's." awesome. And then we pull them out of their work. We pull them away from their family. We take them out of their church. We remove them from their pastor. And then we take away all their sports, all their hobbies, everything they did to get rid of the stress in their life. We send them to the other side of the world and say, hope it all works out okay. (laughs) And guess what? It doesn't. It doesn't work out at all. In fact, when I meet with new missionaries, I say, hey, I'm so happy you're here. And I'm gone apart. I guess we should go get that coffee. Said, so, Yeah, let's do it. We're sitting in this cute little Thai coffee shop. I have no idea what you should do. I have no advice for you whatsoever. I can't fix any of your problems. I only know one thing. I can take you to Jesus. And I had enough relationship, and so we went with Jesus. And, and in this instance, because he's torn up, we don't try and listen to God's voice because we've got all kinds of emotions and distractions, all these things happening. So what we do is we go in our imagination, and I said, I want you to start picturing yourself in this beautiful, peaceful place. And sure enough, he started to see it, and I said, I want you to invite Jesus. Where is Jesus? And he said, oh, Jesus is right over here. In fact, there's a small stream, and Jesus is over there. Remember, we're sitting in a coffee shop doing ministry. This is fun. His eyes are closed. And he goes, I can see Jesus. I said, all right, let's go to Jesus. He starts walking to Jesus and he goes, I can't get any closer. So what do you mean you can't get any closer? Jesus right there. He goes, I can't get any closer. And then he looked down and he saw there's this creature crawling all over his arm. And he goes, this creature is keeping me from Jesus. And I said, well, what do we need to do? We need to kill the creature. We need to invite Jesus, come and take it off. Do we need to surrender? What do we do? He said, Clinton, I don't know. This thing, this creature on my arm, it feels like it's, it's part of me. I'm not sure I can just let it go. I said, that's all right, don't worry about it. We spent some time praying together. We kept meeting every single week. Lord Jesus, what's going on? What's going on? After two or three weeks, I said, hey, we're walking through that beautiful, peaceful place. He sees Jesus' the other side of the stream. I said, ask Jesus what the name of the creature is. Do you know what the name was? Shame. Yeah. Shame is the thing that's going to keep us from actually going to Jesus. And shame, it really does feel like it's part of us. So we're in this little coffee shop. And Jesus is whispering to him about shame. And so he starts admitting to Jesus everything that's been going on in his heart. He starts crying in the coffee shop. And as soon as he said and admitted everything he needed to say to Jesus, you know what he did? He put his arm down and shame crawled off and went down the stream and he walked right up to Jesus. And do you know what Jesus whispered to him? He said, this is who I made you to be. This is why I brought you to Thailand. And this is what I want you to focus on. And he got so full of joy. And he walked out, he realized his ministry had nothing to do with the Thai people. God wanted him to focus on the team. He began to start praying over them, releasing spiritual gifts in them, getting them equipped. And a year later, him and his family are doing great. They didn't need to go home feeling like failures. In fact, I believe that when missionaries get to the field and then their life crashes, it's how they reconnect with Jesus that some of the most powerful ministry they will ever do comes out of that. In fact, I tell missionaries, when you get to Thailand, the first 18 months, at least 50% of what you're doing is finding out what God's doing in your heart first. So that's my job. Our job is to walk with missionaries, work with missionaries. I serve missionaries um, uh, who are serving in Thailand, Honduras, Kenya, Bangladesh. We provide leadership, support, and pastoring for about 85 missionaries that are serving in those areas. I have missionaries that are teaching English classes. I have missionaries working with the underground church in the Chinese area. I have people that are working and doing outreach with Muslims, I have teachers, I have guys that are coaching soccer up in rural villages in Thailand because drugs are everywhere and they found that if they can bring them together to play sport then the coaches can start discipling these kids. I have missionaries that are rescuing women and and girls that are at risk. I have missionaries that are going and advocating for people and teaching the church how to love people with HIV and AIDS. And I have missionaries that are planting churches in really difficult places. And my job is to make sure that they can hear Lord's voice and they can be faithful to do what he says and be as healthy as possible. I brought you a gift uh, all the way from Thailand. Um, This is just a collection of testimonies. It is stories of what happens when people listen to God's voice and go do what he's saying and how it changes lives. Now, I have a problem as well. I brought a ton of these. I brought 70 of them to you, and everybody in first service stole your gift, (laughs) which is code for I'm out of books, but I would still love to give it to you. If, if this would be an encouragement to you to hear how near God is and how he uses different people, or you know somebody out in the community and you want them to see ex- examples that God is here. He's not far off. He's right here working in people's lives. If you want after service, you can sign up. Just give me your email, your name. Talk to my girls, they'll do that for you. And here's my code, I haven't talked to him yet, but I know somebody's coming to Thailand. My problem is I printed all of these in Thailand. So he's going to bring an extra suitcase. I'm going to run back to Thailand, print more copies for you, and I'm going to stuff them in his suitcase and he'll bring it back for you. Is that okay? All right, so I didn't mess up. I can still get it for you. Or if you see somebody from first service that has two copies, one of them is yours. So that's the first thing that we do. We champion, we pastor, we provide support for missionaries. The second thing that we do is that we're growing new missionaries. So I want to introduce you on the next slide to Mrs. Lynette. Mrs. Lynette is right here. She lives in in Nairobi, Kenya. We had a chance to disciple Mrs. Lynette for six years. And her dream, her desire, what she believed God told her was that she was going to do full-time ministry. Mrs. Lynette's life looks different than yours and mine you Remember COVID? Way back in the day, we don't speak about it anymore, but you remember that thing that happened? Nobody liked it and they trapped us at home. They made me sit in my home with my kids teaching them school when I was paying a school to do that. You remember that? <laughs> that was my hardship. Do you know what Mrs. Lynette's hardship was? She had people show up at her front door with machetes to take the food she had left because where Mrs. Lynette lives, when you go into lockdown, you don't leave your house. You don't leave your house. You don't work, no work, no food. So the moment lockdown hit they started rationing the food they had left and when her neighbors ran out of food they're not going to sit there and watch their kids starve to death they're going to grab some machetes and get food now we made sure that mrs lynette and her family were okay but there's a lot of families where she lives that aren't another story a couple years ago uh, my wife and i got mrs lynette a cell phone for christmas she was so excited it had a screen on it she said i've always wanted to read the bible on the bus. So we got her this phone. She was so excited. Two days later, guy walks up to her and says, give me the phone. Mrs. Lynette says, no, he pulled out a knife. He said, now give me the phone. She said, no, not even after he stabbed her in the head. She never gave him that phone. Three days later, she shows up at our house. She's got stitches all the way down the side of her head. I was like, Mrs. Lynette, what are you doing? Why didn't you just give him the phone? She was Clinton, nobody is ever gonna take away my ability to read the word of God. Oh, that's Mrs. Lynette's life. Now, where Mrs. Lynette lives, the churches they have, they can't even support their own pastors, let alone somebody who's going to focus on being a missionary and bringing the love of Jesus. But you know what, church? We can. Mrs. Lynette spent the last four years trying to find food, trying to find rent, trying to find school fees for her kids to stay in school. She's never been able to enter ministry. So six months ago, my wife and I were praying and the Lord gave us a challenge. What if we provide the support? What if we make it possible? So we called her up and said, what do you think? She got so excited. So six months ago, we sent her her first stipend. You know what she did with it? Right there in the middle. She ran out and got food for everybody, all the kids that live around her. Fed every one of the kids and prayed over them in Jesus' name as they ate. That's Mrs. Lynette's life. Right now, she's discipling a small group of women. Every week, they're coming together. They're sharing life together. They're doing life. They're living as family. They're seeing what God's teaching them. And every day, Mrs. Lynette goes out in the market because God's already provided for her. So she's out in the market. She's saying, Jesus, who are we going to love today? What are we doing? A couple months ago, she's walking through the market looking for someone to pray for. She sees a lady on the other side about to commit suicide. She runs over and stops her. She says, you don't need to do that. Buys her tea, sits down. They're talking. They're praying. Now every single week, they're working together. I talked to Mrs. Night. I said, why in the world did this lady stop and listen to you? She said, Clinton, this lady knows me. She knows my life. She knows what God has brought me through. And if God brought me through it, there's hope for her. You know what I realized in that moment? There's places and people that Miss Lynette can do ministry that I will never be able to do ministry. Because I don't have the same story. But you know what, church? I can make it possible for her to be able to enter that ministry. So every month, my wife and I, we can talk remotely online. We're coaching her. We're walking with her. We're asking the Lord. And I said, hey, Mrs. Lynette, next six months, what do you you think the Lord wants to teach you? Do you know what she said? Of course you know what she said. There's only one theme to the entire day. She said, Clinton, wouldn't it be neat if I could hear God's voice? So why do you want to learn to hear God's voice? She said, Clinton, wouldn't it be amazing if I'm walking through the market and I see somebody with a problem? Guess what? I can't fix any of their problems. I don't have enough money. But what if I could come up and say, hold on a second, let me see what Jesus wants to tell you. And then I could let Jesus fix their problems. Then all of a sudden, they're not listening to someone talk about Jesus. They're actually experiencing the love of Jesus. Jesus is right here. So that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna spend the next, in fact, I told Mrs. Lynette, it's gonna take us about 18 months for you to be able to learn and have confidence to do that. So you know what her response was? Clinton, we're not meeting every month anymore. I don't have 18 months. We'll meet every two weeks. I can get this done in nine months someone who's motivated she's ready to do ministry. The next slide if I had more time I'd tell you about him. His name is Pastor David Juma. He's an amazing guy focused on discipleship. He's joined our team as well. But then the next slide after that is my encouragement. This is the guy I don't know yet. The lady or the man, but I think there's someone sitting in Thailand right now around their table and they're saying, "Yes, Lord, no, I know you want me to give my life to ministry. It's impossible. If I don't work, I don't eat." But you know what church I believe that we can make that happen. I believe that we can say hey you know what God's already raised the support for you to go focus on what God is telling you to do and if the Lord provides that resource then we're going to go find that person and our job is to equip them and to help them be successful as they are used by the Lord to bring the love of the gospel into their community in that way. So would you be praying for us that God would allow us to do that? So that's the second thing that we do is that we're growing missionaries. Now the third thing that we do is that we're trying to figure out how to use creative arts. That doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Doesn't even seem connected. Here's my background. We know that by and large, Africa as a whole, generalization, is an oral storytelling culture. Okay, there's a lot of Africa that is an oral storytelling culture. So 100 years ago, missionaries adapted the gospel into an oral storytelling method, which is great. The challenge is, Thailand is not an oral storytelling culture. They don't tell their history, they don't tell their story of what it means to be a Thai person by orally telling stories. Do you know what they do? They build incredible temples. And then they fill those temples with the most beautiful paintings of what it means to be a Buddhist. On the side of the road, they will build five, six, seven story-tall golden idols to Buddha. They will go out and make sacrifices and offerings to evil spirits to try and appease negative things that are happening in their life. So what we're trying to come up with is Lord, how can we use the way that Thai people are already telling their story to share the gospel. Why are we as missionaries still trying to use oral storytelling methods to share the gospel in a culture that that's not how they tell their story? And so we've been doing experiments. In fact, two years ago, we asked you if you would pray that God would provide the support for my two daughters to start dance class. They'd been missionaries. My youngest moved as a missionary when we were two years old. They've never had a chance to be in a dance class. We just asked God, thought it was frivolous but you know what the Lord responded he gave enough support for both of my daughters to jump into dance class he even gave enough for my wife to jump back into dance class and you know what happened as a response they went into this dance ministry and they were out in the community and they were sharing the story through dance of the prodigal daughter that came back to the creator and it was beautiful and it sparked something in my family And then they jumped in and they found a group of people that wanted to do a Christmas carol as a play for all the missionaries that have been stuck in Thailand for four or five years through COVID. They wanted to bring them together at Christmas time for a Christmas carol. But you know what happens when we come together to create something? Ministry starts happening. Community starts happening. And these groups that are putting on this play start seeing ministry. In fact, as they're at one of these planning meetings, one of the ladies that's doing the ministry She starts crying as they're meeting, and and they stop and they said, is everything okay? And she said, look, I've been a missionary living on the field for 10 years. My husband has a clear ministry. But for 10 years, I've been sitting in Thailand wondering why in the world did God bring me? And she goes, "And, and I'm sewing, which is my gift, costumes for every single person in this play. And I'm seeing ministry and discipleship happen as we create together. My daughter got so excited she ran out and started the drama club at her school. They put on a drama play and they started to see community become created. Here's the background on why I think this is really important. I've met a few people in the last four years living in Thailand that were born Buddhist and then became Christian. Not that, not that many, but a few. And I've asked those people, I've had a chance to interview them. I said, why in the world if you were born Buddhist, why did you choose to become a Christian? You know what's interesting about their answer? Nobody has ever said the name of Jesus. Can you imagine that? Asking somebody, why'd you choose to become a Christian? And somebody's answer had never even mentioned Jesus. Do you know what it was? They said, look, growing up in the temple, being a Buddhist, the monk is here, and I as a person, I'm down here. My job is to give money to the temple to make up for all the bad things I've done. My job is to give food to the monk to make up for all the bad things I've done. As I said earlier, my job is to give sacrifices and offerings to the evil spirits so that the bad things and the suffering will become less. But at the end of the day, the monk is here and I am here. But they said at some point, and it was usually at a cafe, they saw a group of people gathering and there was a pastor and there was an elder and there were the people and they were all sitting at the same table sharing a meal together. And they saw Christian community. They saw what it meant to be the bride of Christ. They saw the family of God sitting together. And they said, whatever that family is, I want in. It wasn't until after they joined the family they even heard about Jesus. So for those of you going on the short-term trip, missions trip to Thailand, and, and those who have been praying, the gospel looks a little different. And that's okay, because we're still going to find Jesus. That's the way to get into that community. But sometimes the gospel message is actually this. It's the family of God coming together. And you know when we come together? When we create. The worship team, I don't know each of these individuals, but I guarantee you this, if I asked them anything, they have community because they just got together to create together. They worship together. They brought us into that space of worship together. And so we're trying to experiment. How can we use art? How can we use music? How can we use drama? How can we use dance? How can we use the written word to come together and create? Six months ago, we did an experiment. I have a missionary uh, who's planting a church down in Bangkok. She spent 10 years planting a church. She's got 12 people. Can you imagine that? A decade of your life for 12 people. It's one of the most successful church plants we have in the country. And she said, Clinton, I want to do something new. I said, what are you already doing? She said, well, we're, we're, we're tutoring in English classes. We're trying to help kids with math to be out in the community, but I want to do something new. And I said, all right, what if we do an art day? Sounds kind of funny. So what if I sent you a missionary that's a really gifted painter and let's just see what happens? So you know what happened? We flew this missionary. She's an amazing watercolor painter down to Bangkok. And and they brought all 12 people from the church together. And then actually some of them brought friends because where in the world are you going to learn how to watercolor for free in Bangkok? That's amazing. And so they all come together and this missionary starts teaching them how to paint and how to bleed the colors, how to do the shading and how to do it. And then they just all start creating together. And then you know what happened? They started sharing about what they were painting. And every person that shared started talking about all the areas in life they needed God. God. And the old grandma of the church, the oldest lady, her painting was every single prayer God had answered so far this year. And the missionary just started getting more and more and more excited. Two days later, I called the missionary up. I said, all right, what did we learn? What could we have done better? What did we do great? What is God showing us? And do you know what she said? She said, Clinton, we just got to know more of the people than me trying to build a relationship for 10 years. They just opened up about everything that's going on in their life that I had no idea about. Because when we create together, we're already in a vulnerable space. I've already opened up my heart. People could judge me and what I'm doing. And we're seeing that the creative arts actually creates community, and community is where discipleship can happen. So over the next two years, we're going to do an experiment. Maybe God will give us a small property, I don't know, but we want to create a space where we can do acting, where we can do drama, where we can do dance, acting and drama are the same thing. Acting, drama, dance, painting, music, maybe they're not the same thing. Reading poetry, we want to create a space for three reasons. Number one, I want to have a space where missionaries can come together in a safe place to be open and honest and vulnerable and to give them a sense of community and church because they don't have it. Number two, I want to be able to invite those... Uh, missionary church planters to come in and begin praying about what would it look like if we as the body of Christ and our church plant started doing creation together, creative arts together. And third, I want to have an opportunity for small Thai churches to be able to come together and see and go, you know what? I would love to start a music ministry and I can say, great, I got a missionary. Let me fly him over to you. They're not going to come do it for you. They're just going to spark something new in your church and then we're going to back off. We're here to support you. Or maybe it's dance. Okay, we can do that too. How can we use the creative arts to allow the gospel message to be told in the same way that the people are already telling their own story of what it means to be Thai? So these are the things that we're really excited about. These are the things that we'd ask you to be praying for us. But as I have been, we've had a couple weeks here in in Colorado sharing this story and after church service, inevitably one or two people come up and they go, we're really excited about what you're doing. Thank you, first off. It's awesome. Second off, why don't you just come back to Colorado and do this here? It'd be so exciting. So you see, four years ago, when we knew our ministry time in Kenya was coming to a close, we asked the Lord to send us to the most strategic place on the planet. And he sent us to Thailand. We spent the last four years trying to figure out why in the world did God send us? Why is this the most strategic place? Well, the first place is we've got family there. You've got pictures of Paul and Lori and the kids on the back. Of Aaron and Alina, that's our family. That's aunts and uncles for our kids. We travel two and a half hours to watch their kids play basketball. They travel over to watch Eliana and her production. We're family. We are literally sterling Foursquare on the other side of the planet. That's important and that's powerful. That's part of the vision. But why are we there? Did you know there's 65 million people in Thailand? That's a lot of people. 65 million. Did you know that 64,967,500 of them have never experienced the love of Jesus? Now look, I do not believe that my job as a missionary. I do not believe my job is to go into another culture and manipulate people to leave their religion and join mine. I don't think that's what God's asking me to do. But I do believe that every single human being on this planet has the right to experience the love of Jesus. And they can make any decision they want after that. But the idea that 64 million people are gonna live their entire life and die, most of them never even meeting a person who's a Christian, is not right. I'm willing to give my life to change that. 64 million people. Now, I don't know what motivates you or gets you excited about missions or the idea of the global church. I have no idea what motivates you. But do you know what's right below Thailand? Indonesia. Did you know Indonesia has the largest population of Muslim people in the world? Over 300 million of them. Do you know who has instant access to Indonesia? Thai people. Share culture. Can you imagine what would happen if the Thai church took off and they started getting a heart to send missionaries? And they sent missionaries into places like Indonesia? You want change to happen? Those people will do ministry I couldn't dream of doing. I don't know what motivates you, what gets you really excited about ministry or what God's doing around the world. Do you know what's directly north of Thailand? It's a lot closer than you think it is. China. Three and a half years ago, every one of our foreign missionaries got kicked out of China for security reasons. We have no idea when we can send them back or if we do, how long they'll be able to be there. Do you know who has instant access to China? Thai people. They're actually, they come from Chinese culture. Every single major business in Thailand is owned by a Chinese person. Do you know who has instant freedom to travel in China? Thai people. Can you imagine what it would look like if the Thai church took off and Thai people started sending missionaries and we were equipping them and sending them in? Now I understand, I'm never gonna see this. The Thai church doesn't exist yet in a sustainable way. I know my kids won't even get to see this but I do believe that it is one of the most strategic places on the planet to invest the kingdom of God. And I do believe that it's worth my life. And I do believe that in 60, 70 years, as the Thai church takes off and catches a heart for missions, I do believe it's going to change what this entire world looks like. And yeah, no, I think there's a very strategic reason why we're in Thailand and why this church is partnering in Thailand. Now I'd ask you guys to continue praying for us We're your family on the other side of the planet and that's exciting and wonderful. And we would ask for your prayers. If you want to join our prayer team, you're welcome to go in the back and and, and sign up. I'll find a way to get you a present and a book. Uh, But if you give us your information, we'll send out six newsletters a year. And here's my commitment to you. You will never have to read anything promise. Every one of our updates is videos. It's us walking through Thailand, sharing with you the testimonies. The kids sharing with you about how God's using their life. Mrs. Lynette talking to you about what God's doing and showing. And that's it. We just show you testimonies so that you can share, but you will always know how to be praying for our family and for what God is doing there. One of the things I would ask you to join us in praying is, is that God would provide the rest of the support for us to be able to do everything he's put on our heart. And and I'll give you a couple examples of some of the things that we're praying for and ask you to be praying alongside us. The first one um, is for us to be uh, ministry coaches and and to be pastoring missionaries. Anytime I have a missionary that I'm meeting with, I meet him out in a cafe. I refuse to meet in an office. Because if we're going to be the body of Christ, we're going to be doing it out in the community. And we're going to be praying at the coffee shop. And we're going to be talking there, but I like to buy them coffee. And so it cost me about $50 a month to be able to buy all the missionaries I'm working with a coffee or a small snack for us to be able to do ministry so that the people of Thailand can see the body of Christ doing the work of the body of Christ out in the community, not hiding in an office. So that's my first prayer. Join us on that. Or maybe the, uh, the second one is growing the missionaries team. Here's what I'm asking the Lord for. I ask you to join me. I'm asking the Lord for an extra $100 a month that I can send to Mrs. Lynette. And I just want it to be her ministry money. So that when Mrs. Lynette is walking through the market saying, Jesus, who can we go show love to? When Jesus shows her someone that she needs to get food for, I don't want her to have to use the money that God gave her to feed her own kids. I want her to have some ministry money to say, Jesus, who can we go bless? What are we doing? And so that's one of the things I'm praying for. Another thing I'm praying for is that the Lord would raise some money for us to keep exploring the creative arts. I'm asking the Lord for about $6,000. I wanna be able to get some sound equipment, some light equipment, some art supplies, have some travel money to experiment. We don't know what we don't know. And we're gonna to have to go figure it out. We're gonna to have to make some mistakes, but we're gonna to have to learn together as we explore what this could be like. My wife, when I said, hey, what are we asking God for? My wife has different dreams than I do, and that's okay. My wife goes, oh, this is good. Uh, I would like $2 million, so would I, what's the dream? She goes, I see a facility where dance is happening on one level, drama is happening on one level, art's happening down in a cafe where we're doing ministry in the community. Music is happening where we can create this place. I think maybe that's the vision. I just think we need to go do a little bit more exploring first, a little bit more prototyping first. We've got to figure out what God is showing us and how does this work. And so that's what I'd ask you to be praying for. I'd also ask you to be praying. We're about $100 a month short on our house rent in support and about $100 a month short for our girls' school fees. But you know what? Every time we come back, we're always short. I'm not afraid. God always provides what we need. And I know that he's been doing that for your short-term trip, but I know that we're called to pray for God to meet those needs. So again, after service, if you want to talk to my beautiful girls, they'll be in the back would love to give you a present. I just physically don't have them, but I will smuggle them back in your pastor's suitcase. That sounds weird when we're talking about coming back from Thailand, but it's books. It'll be okay. But let me pray a blessing for you as I invite Pastor Ben to come up and close our time together. Lord Jesus, thank you for being here with us this morning. Holy Spirit, we trust that even as we're sharing great testimonies of what you're doing, Holy Spirit, you're speaking to our hearts. You're whispering to us here. And so, Father, I pray a blessing right now that we would be able to hear Your voice in new ways. That You would give us dreams and visions. That You would be speaking to us, Father. And then as we walk out, You would be giving us direction on how to bring the love of Jesus. Father, we know that as we walk out this door, every single one of us is going into the mission field. Some of us on the other side of the planet, some of us right here in this town. And we need You. We don't want to be guessing. That's not what You called us to do. You called us to come be with You so that You could whisper who You made us to be and then we can take the Gospel, the love of Jesus Christ, to those who don't have it from that place. So Father, release that in our hearts this morning. We love You. We praise You. We worship You. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Can you guys say thank you to Clinton? Go ahead and stay here. And Then Patiana, Ellie, if you guys would join us. Church family, if you would stand, we're going to pray a blessing over them. I'm going to give you a few action steps out here. And then if you are interested in hearing some more of their stories or connecting with them, they'll be out in the front entryway. But Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this family. Lord, beyond that, we thank you for our family, because they're an extension of us. Lord, I ask that you would go before them even now. Lord, preparing the way as we see your promises in Scripture declare that you would do, and as we take steps of faith in following you, Lord, that they would uh, see their way prepared. Lord, as they begin to head back to Thailand this week, that you right now would be orchestrating, Lord, more than just travel, that you would orchestrate God moments, Lord, that even as the the central focus of their ministry and the way that they disciple and train up leaders, the way that they launch leaders in a new context, that their primary focus being helping them to to hear and discern your voice and then to act in obedience to that. Lord, I pray that that would be their experience, that they would hear your voice clearly in their travels back home, hear your voice clearly in the assignments that you have for them, and that they would move and that they would act quickly as they keep in step with your spirit, and as they follow close to you. And may we be reminded by their example, Lord, that as we would go out from here, Lord, that we would listen for your voice and that we would respond, that we would hear your voice as you speak to us about who we are. And then that we would do out of that, that we would understand our identity and that that would inform our activity, that we would learn about who we are to be and that our being would inform our doing. Lord, that we would do that not just as individuals but collectively as a community. Lord, that we would know what it looks like to be the hands and feet of Jesus in Sterling, Colorado. Partnering with the hands and feet of Jesus in Thailand. Lord, that we would do that in our individual comings and goings and that we would do that collectively to the best of our ability is that we would honor you by hearing your voice, and responding in turn. Lord, continue to meet their every need of provision. Lord, give them strategy and vision of partnering with you. And Lord, our team that we send shortly in August, we look forward to connecting with them. Let that be a beautiful reunion, and let there already be a celebration of testimonies in the works. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. A couple action steps for you. I would encourage you to begin in prayer each morning uh, with just two simple things. One, Jesus, help me to know your voice. And Jesus, what are you calling me today? And then take steps of faith to follow him in that grand adventure.